spicy life. I am your host, Spicy Mari. And joined with me today, uh, Dr. Ali is not in the building, y'all. We have a marriage and family therapist who is co-hosting, collabing, uh, one of my best friends, also who works on the spicy life with me. We have Jennifer Lauren Arsenault, who is a licensed psychotherapist and marriage and family therapist. She provides therapy to couples, families, and individuals looking to heal from depression, okay? Those suffering from a lack of self-esteem, stress, relationship issues, parenting challenges, and more. Jennifer specializes in supporting women as they work through their issues, including self-esteem, body image, maternal depression, pre- and postpartum, motherhood, and life transitions of adolescence. Jennifer received her Master's of Art in Clinical Psychology, specializing in marriage and family therapy from Pepperdine University Graduate School of Education and Psychology. Los Angeles! Yeah, that was the end of that sentence. Okay, she completed her undergraduate degree (laughs) in social sciences at the University of California, Berkeley. Jennifer is an affiliate of Sci Chai National Honor Society in Psychology and a member of the California Association of Marriage and Family Therapists. And can we get a ski we so roar? Ski. Mm, Oh, I was like, yeah. Good she job. was busting me out for not having AKA on Roll her what bio, even though Roll these are their bios. Okay. <laughs> now, our guest who is in the G spot, because Jennifer is going to help me kind of dissect some of these things that our guest is going through. Our guest in the G spot, which is guest spotlight mirror, don't get scared. Oh, I was like, damn. <laughs> And things niggas can't find for a thousand. Mir Harris, all right. (laughs) Being at the intersection of politics and pop culture, Oak Live Native, Mir Harris has always been involved in art, activism, civil rights, and politics, and she is an alum to the University of California, San Diego. Big ups to San Diego, you knew my hometown. And she's a member of Alpha Cafe Alpha Sorority Incorporated. Mir educates others through numerous panel showcases and events she produced, like ASCAP, Women's Behind the Music, highlighting women who are doing amazing things within their music industry. And she also uses her voice to fight injustices. Mir found herself in the front of lines of the protests in Los Angeles in 2014, as well as being involved in the U, wait, in the United Blackout and Color of Change. This made it only natural that she would become the first official hire at Times Up in January of 2018, the first attempt as a truly intersectional women's organization in modern history. Now, Mir believes if one works from a place of purpose and passion from the inside out, they won't have to worry about success. The dream will find them and all they'll have to do is just live in it. Okay. So you've just heard both of these two women's amazing freaking bios. So why did I bring them on the show? Jennifer is here as a marriage and family therapist to help me through the psychology of what Mira is going through. Like many of you women and men, there's a lot of men who experience this, but I feel like women in particular get in these situationships. So today's episode is how to go from situationship to relationship when you find yourself kind of, you know, caught at this crossroads of, "Mm, I think I want him. I think I'm done playing games. So we always warm up our guests, as you know, with the spicy dish. And uh, our news and gossip for today is Dr. Dre and Jimmy Levine um, previously gave 70 milli to Ivine. Well, how did I say it? You said Levine, it's Ivine. That's why I have these experts here. <laughs> ASCAP expert over here in the music industry. Jennifer is a psychologist to the hip hop game. And so <laughs> Dr. Dre and Jimmy Iovine. We the hip hop incredibles. <laughs> previously gave 70 million to establish a new academy at USC. But recently Dre just, uh, I think it was on Twitter or Instagram. What, which one was it? Um, Insta. Insta, and he okay. took it down. The, yeah, he took it down. He posted it was like, funny. ooh, my daughter got into USC uh, all on her own. And no I'm not going time. to jail. No jail time. Yeah. First off, great big ups to your daughter. You lose all credibility when I found out like how much money you donated to USC, uh, which is one of my alma maters. Thank you, big ups to USC. Um, but with all this scandal going on, he was throwing shade towards the mamas that like paid all this extra money to get themselves in school. But then it's kind of like putting yourself out there and attaching yourself now to somewhat of a scandal because we know like, yeah, your daughter, what if she did work hard? You've just associated yourself with these women now that we know you've donated millies on top of millies i don't think you could jump to that assumption yeah i don't i feel like that's been the accepted way of for rich people to get their kids into school like donating, like donating. To the school. that's that's legit yeah. like that's above 
grounds and also they still had to be accepted and get in it wasn't any like backdoor created by them her being on a fake team that she was never a participant (laughs) of like I just think it's totally different or someone else taking your test and anyone who isn't it still privilege though I feel like you're still left in this privilege category it may not have been scandalous but you're still showing us but it's about time we get some privilege I mean at the end of the day he's establishing legacy like he's broken you know becoming a billionaire through hip hop is unprecedented facts so to be able to donate at that level to one of the most prestigious universities in the country, I think is a testament to black excellence. To your point of like just wealth putting people ahead of the game, yeah, I mean, that's still something that's prevalent, but I don't think that this was as malicious and contentious as people who knew that they were secretly doing something that was, you know, corruptive basically right knowing that they were like doing some trickery yeah like even when you make a donation like that like my my privileged ass high school is like that it doesn't guarantee i went to crossroads oh okay um so it doesn't guarantee like she said entry like of course i mean they'll consider that but it's damned if i gave your school 70 million and you don't let my child but it wasn't just him it wasn't just him it was him and jimmy yeah and jimmy and you know like not like, living. Like <laughs> I, I said, like she's, <laughs> she obviously still, that's still a hard school to get into. Like, I'm not saying it didn't help, but I'm, I don't think you could put that in the same conversation as that whole I can't wait till I get to that level where, let me just donate this money to this university to make this department so that kids can have a better opportunity. I'm not going to, I've taken a music class while I was at USC. And so I probably have reaped the benefit of. <laughs> but a lot of people him. probably also reap the benefit yeah. of his donation versus the other situation, whereas they stole spots that were set for set kids for people who could have really benefited from those scholarships or those sports opportunities. And Dre's contribution has cre- allowed other students to benefit from the presence of his daughter being at the school. Right. Agreed. So and I think why the delete then? Why well, do because he backlash. just yeah I mean we live in like a critique society right now so like everybody's got something to say and what's increasingly annoying is everybody's real quick to be like oh well look what so and so did or look what they didn't do and it's just like we don't look at ourselves really that way I think that you know I thought it was funny and if black twitter or whoever dragged him i don't know where the nuance came to make him delete it but when it, i first saw it yesterday i, I like chuckled his and passed PR, it. his pr hit him up because his daughter posted and deleted it too i, I mean think it was his in PR poor taste but it was still funny his pr hit him up like hey we don't want to be associated with felicity huffman and Lori laughlin at all so let's delete this post <laughs> like let's get rid of this right, really quick well. because now your name is being mentioned with scandal and right. He's on top. You've been doing so well. Right. Let's and I think that, that adds to the fodder more than what actually happened. He was a proud dad. It was uh, a proud and moment. Yes. And, and his daughter is so pretty. That. Did you see the photo she's of her? I was yeah, like, oh my gosh. Okay, Dre, you're making sweet. beautiful babies over here. <laughs> um, the Universal uh, Us or the Universal, yeah, Universal's Us. Wait, I read that tethered, wrong. Tethered, tethered, tethered. <laughs> it's Universal's us. film. Okay, I fuck Universal. <laughs> Jordan Peele's Us. Yes. Okay. Look, Mir coming through with the activists representing. Okay, so it's the second. Not really. I want to deal Universal. I'm just saying. Oh, look, like, she's trying to get work. <laughs> this is the second uh, directorial effort from Jordan Peele um, after having like killed it with Get Out. Um, I got the privilege of watching us last night, dragged my man to the movies, um, made him stay up so we could talk about it. But <laughs> um, he hit 70 million, 70 mm-hmm. million, million. And so that's like twice as much, I feel, I think as his last film. Mm-hmm. And so uh, have you seen yeah, it yet, Mira? I've seen it twice. Oh, okay. <laughs> but you have an opinion. I need to kind of hear, like I am, I'm still unwrapping Still, still processing processing it. have googled multiple and i know like google's probably going crazy right now with hits of people trying to figure out like what coding was going on to make sense and to process this film i'm happy that you you've seen it coding? twice i'm you trying symbolism can you maybe well can you break it down spoiler alert well i don't turn care. it down I don't, now i don't care if people haven't watched it because <laughs> you're listening to this podcast and i need to hear from some other people on what what was the whole I understand the bigger message. I feel like um, after having done additional research, because what do you understand that to be? Getting out was, I think, a lot more simplistic. First of all, for, get out. 
or sorry, get out. <laughs> Look, this is <laughs> hip hop experts over here. Okay, pop culture, pop culture experts over here. Okay, I feel like get out was more simplistic. I feel like it was easier to you still had to process, but it was easier to digest. I feel like no, with, the difference was get out met everyone where they were at. Oh, so and it, you're saying if there you was were deeper. super quote unquote woke. You got the the historical nuances, like what an amygdala was about, and and the genetic um, the genetic findings that they that white supremacists used to historically use to to support Jim Crow in terms of making it like oh we did these studies and compared them to, and they're actually biologically and physically inferior to us when in reality we're actually natural selection wise more built for survival like. Um, my podcast host hates that I bring this up all the time, but I find it fascinating things like African-American bone density is more primed for space travel. Oh, like wow. Like stuff like that. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like the fact that Henrietta had the gene, you know, all these like outliers mm, in facts, black true. biological history that led to it. So, you know, that's like a real deep layer within Get Out, but then on like the superior. surface, <laughs> well, I'm not going that far, but on the surface though even if you don't know any of that you were like yo the ts dude tsa dude was funny as hell mm. Lil rel you know what i mean yeah, like i resonate with yeah, him he's my cousin so and you know for you know white folks or like i'm sure there were white men who saw it and were like oh shoot like i've made those comments to people did i make them uncomfortable like it, it started a conversation and met everyone where they were okay this one i feel like is an expansion of a deeper commentary in general and it shows the brilliance of him being like our generation's Hitchcock and being so layered mm -hmm. because people so don't pay enough attention to it. And I'll never forget, I actually had the privilege of seeing him and Norman Lear have a, a fireside chat at Produced by LA a couple of years ago, right after Get Out came out. And Norman Lear, you know, is a legend in himself, good times and like Sanford and Son. And mm -hmm. he um, was like, I've waited 90 years for this movie. And when it came to the oh, Q&A wow. time, I stood up and I asked Jordan, I was like, you know, like, like I just said now, this movie was so brilliant because it met everybody where they're at in this conversation that's really hard to have. Do you feel a responsibility going forward to educate? And he was like, well, to be perfectly honest, like I got into this because I love to entertain. Mm. And he was like, so entertaining will always be first and foremost in my mind. And he was like, and I, you know, I have a passion for thrillers, but like, it's awesome if it teaches too. And so, you know, with this one, I, it was funny. I was like, we were talking conspiracy theories about him last night. Cause even at the beginning of the movie had the little stirring touch, like he's like, yeah, it's I layering yeah. through all of his work. So I was I like, I wouldn't that. be surprised if he's written like 10 movies. And then at the end of them, we're going to figure out how it like all connects. That's what I'm thinking he's doing. I right. feel like there's, he said, he mentioned four films, right? Yeah. This is gonna, this is a part of like four films. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah, I was just gesturing. It's, it's, uh, and then also that that maybe us is also um, an acronym for United States. Yeah, that yeah, definitely it does come up for sure. Well, because it was. I mean, I think on the I was somebody was like, how did you interpret it? And I was like, well, my favorite quote is from Deepak Chopra, and that he says, "We're not flawed, we're complete." Um, and when I read that book, Power, Grace, and Freedom, I came out with a mantra you've heard me say, in order to know your light, you have to face your dark. Yes. And so I feel like, you know, the tethering um, is that dark side in us that we try to, to hide, to ignore, to find, you know, ways in which our dark side isn't as bad as somebody else's or whatever, but it'll still always come back to face us. Mm. And then on a macro level, it's like, we're doing that as a society. Like okay. just like with the previous pop culture thing, we're talking about like everybody's jumping to this judge and jury and critique and who's the worst and you know, witch hunts and all the whatever, but nobody's looking in the mirror like, okay, how can I just be better? Okay, so I understand. And I think that those are like great points. I understand what you're saying as, f so that was your interpretation. I I knew that there, I knew that it had to do with this battle between good and evil within mm. us. Did you read the verse? I felt the verse. The Jeremiah 11. Jeremiah 11, 11. Read no, it. what is it? So Jeremiah 11, 11 is like a recurring theme and they keep bringing oh, it up. Oh, 11, 11, yeah. So the verse says, therefore, thus saith the Lord, behold, I will bring evil upon them, which they shall not be able to escape. And though they shall cry unto me, I will not hearken unto them. So to go back, the verse before says, 10 says, 
they they are turned back to the inequities of their forefathers, which refused to hear my words. And they went after other gods to serve them. The house of Israel and the house of Judah have broken my covenant, which I made with their fathers. Therefore, thus saith the Lord, behold, I will bring evil upon them, which they shall not be able to escape. And though they shall cry unto me, I will not hearken unto them. So like, don't get me wrong. I didn't grow up with the good book. I didn't Mm -hmm. grow up in church Mm -hmm. but what i have learned from studying similarities between all of our differences which i think is how we got religion and all these social structures in the first place is that like when you get further and further away from what is actually universal and naturally human okay you bring upon that darkness and that wrath right like i feel like one can't escape without the other like god never talks about killing the devil in the mm-hmm. bible right but he warns about what that he do. exists yeah mm-hmm. but he has to exist so you know what goodness is like you have we need darkness to know what light is like same thing right like literally and so you know when you go outside of these things Oops. that are universally true <laughs> or like try to find like let the ego come in or don't believe and mm-hmm. acknowledge this bigger connectivity between us as humans etc like that's why we're so off balance like as a populace as a society we've gotten so far away from what helps us thrive right as human beings okay and it's like you know everybody is the superiority or the better than or like things can exist without being to the detriment of something else does like that make sense? creating this us versus them exactly like, when yeah. it's really just all of us oh mm-hmm. does that make sense yes Okay, us She's versus like, them. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I really have just been waiting for this. Like, <laughs> y'all don't understand. I probably Googled like 50 million conspiracy of theories of what this movie. I mean, I looked up the bunnies, the scissors. The, I was like, okay, the what red. do the t-shirts mean? I want to know. Thing. That's what good art does. Is yeah. make you think. And I knew that that's what he was going for too. He was almost like, I'm not going to make it so simplistic this time so that y'all do have to but like, dig deeper. But the funny thing deeper. is, it also shows you how much, I know I'm talking so much, but it also shows you how much you don't pay attention. Oh, like I missed so instance, many things that I was like, oh. For instance, remember the part where the little girl's sitting outside the doctor's office playing in the sandbox? Yeah. And then at the end, they show you, she was lining up the dinosaurs. I missed that part. Like, yeah, I missed she that was too. lining up I'm gonna, the dinosaurs. I'm gonna, I probably like am going to have to see this again because I really wanted, I, would, yeah, I, it's like I had this expectation that I was going to have this amazing appreciation for this film and walking out feeling so confused as to how I felt even mm-hmm. not even like not confused about the movie but how do I feel about this like ooh, I want to make sh- I, I want to be able to align the pieces and I want to have a clear understanding of what because I really appreciate the deeper messages behind things and the the artists that don't give us just the obvious and mm-hmm. so having done some digging I, I really was looking forward to like discussing it with friends who would give me different perspectives on their interpretation and I felt like I walked away with like okay I get there's good and evil even in with that lies within. Sometimes it's just us looking in the mirror and coming to this understanding or like that it actually exists. I, I wanted to draw parallels between outwitting the devil with Napoleon Hill. Oh, there so was good. so many things that I wanted to do with this, but I kind of needed that. No, that's exa- but that's exactly what it is. Because remember in conversations with the devil? Yeah. Every time he's like, that is correct, but it is not true. Right. Right. That's it's, what this is. It's perception and then it becomes your reality. But like th- there is this... But there's also this element of classism that is is showing in here. And it's like thinking about the girl, like the one who, you know, I don't hate to do this world thing, but we revealed the fact that she was from the lower class initially. And then she was able to achieve this, this level of success in life, like thinking like she forgot where she came from. But no, that's why she was only someone who given opportunities, they could achieve a certain, the same, you know, prestige and the same like success in life. Like she switched positions. Which is why she person. was thinking her like that she was able to dance. Like if it wasn't for you, I would, and there's a small part in there where it, she, the psychologist or the counselor is saying, she, they're, they're saying we want our old daughter back. And she says, put her in an activity where she can express herself. If she's not able to articulate it, put her in something where she can express her herself. Story, yeah, yeah, where she can tell her story. And it became dance for her. Well, they're still the same person yeah essentially right and i think that that's too it's like people get caught up in the literal it's like no well the scary one was talking and i didn't follow it and then but the whole thing is like they are one Mm -hmm. so just as much as like in inception or in interstellar quantum physics teaches us that like we're right here and then there's an alternate realm where we exist as well and we're always kind of like in fast forward and rewind at the same time 
right? Like, so it, I don't think, I mean, I think on the one hand, it's really not for us to get the right answer. We weren't supposed to mm -hmm. walk away with that. Oh, oh, like like this. Yeah. yeah. And then on the other hand, it's a damn good thriller. <laughs> and I think I, I number one thriller. I don't think it's ever. I don't think a thriller opening has ever hit what. No, they no it's that it. number yeah. one. Yeah, yeah it's number history. one. Yeah. I feel Lupita like on a roll. Charlemagne, I'm an avid Breakfast Club listener. Okay. <laughs> and I think he did a great analogy in that he was like, if, you know, Get Out was his um, good kid, Mad City, to Kendrick Lamar, like, this is his um, to Pimp a Butterfly. Like, it's not, it's not going to give you that exact same, like, universal appeal, but it's, like, going to be thought-provoking, it's going to be deep, and it's going to stay with people. But to Pimp a Butterfly a was a movie in itself. Yeah, man. but but it, but people weren't expecting that right. for the second album. And then I felt like Damn was just everything he wanted to do. Like I felt like that was a combination of the two. And that's the problem with being creative, mm -hmm. is that, like, look at what Miss Lauren Hill did. Like, people, and she talked about it a lot, like, people always want to lock you in mm -hmm. to this one way. And I read this great quote today. Oh, my God, I wish I could find it. That basically yeah, you got, like, was, like... 20 bubbles on your I know, cell phone. That basically was, like... The you you think you are, nobody else sees, right? As soon as somebody experiences you, whether it's a stranger, your mom, your sister, your brother, your loved one, whatever, they still have a, a version of you in their mind. Mm -hmm. And the minute you go outside of that version, it's mm. like, wait, who is this new? You acting brand new. What is happening? Blah, blah, blah. But the reality is like, we're all complex beings. Mm -hmm. And there's a whole lot. I mean, this is probably a great segue into why I'm single, but there's a whole <laughs> lot within one person that you should be. That's why people get mad at Kanye. But when you read the transcripts, like that's what he's saying. He's like, I should be able to go design. I should be able to go, right. you know, masterpiece an album. I should be able to go, you know, break barriers with a art installation. I should be able to go build this thing because I'm a creator. Right. Right? Like, why does that have to fit into one box and one title for you to be okay and with And why it? does that have to taste the same and every why, single yeah, time? Every time. Mm -hmm. Somebody, like, when I went to see it the first time, was like, well, it wasn't Get Out. Duh. It's us. It's, yeah. Like, <laughs> it's not Get Out. <laughs> like, it's not Get Out Part it's 2. Yeah. It's us. Yeah, I think it's this level of expectation that we have and that we do put on, you know, these creators. Um, you mentioned something earlier, yet, which, yes, is the perfect segue <laughs> to why you are single. And we're going to begin to dissect that in a second because, because this I'm is crazy. a show about relationships. Um, and so we're going to untether right. Mir right now I'm from her girl. single self. Okay? Free me. <laughs> I receive it. Um, and Jennifer's going to chime in because I know for... Um, I feel like I should be sitting on the other side. Like, all right, here we go. Yeah, the the Inquisition. The when, it, when it comes to... When it comes to therapy, we oftentimes walk into the, a doctor's office or um, into our psychiatrist's office or psychologist, whatever you go to, and ask to, for them to fix us. Can you help me figure out why I'm struggling in these areas? Usually it has to do with our career success, our relationships, or family. Those are probably, those are probably what would be the most popular or even friendships you know it, it's all it's always has to do with relationships though and even in career success there's still a huge element of relationship in there how does this person operate in relationships and how can we help them figure out self and what they're bringing that may be creating this dynamic so jenny's going to chime in as we unpack mercita um <laughs> and why 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 this amazing successful activist leader soul roar, beautiful queen, and leader, probably eventually, I'm sure at some point, we're gonna nominate her for something in the political <laughs> office, why she is single and, and let's not even say single, why she is an individual in this moment as opposed to in partnership. Mm. Mir, please tell the audience why you believe you are single. If I knew I wouldn't be single, <laughs> then, like, I don't know. I'm Wait, it was so funny the other day with the car with my mom. I was like, Mom, I have like a Pisces rising and moon, right? And she was like, no, your moon's Aquarius and your Pisces rising. That's why you're crazy. I was like, oh, like what? So mom admits your her daughter is crazy. I mean, <laughs> you know, takes one, no one, apple tree. <laughs> Shit, we all got a little bit of crazy. But I mean, I really don't know. I think I've been like trying to figure it out and like asking my guy friends and exes and whatever. But I told you last time we spoke, like I get a lot of kind of the same things, which some, well, most people will be like, oh, those are just cop outs. I just really think that like, I'm just different. I'm just, I'm okay. just different. So Mir's on her Kanye <laughs> shit right now. Um, <laughs> she's like, I'm just, you know, I'm just so amazing. I'm a creator. Singledom is a choice. 
Um, to give you some insight into the backstory of her um, existence in relationships, she is oftentimes one of those women, much like you, who is phenomenal ladies. A lot of you guys have these amazing qualities. You're successful, but when it comes to your relationship success or how you would define success as finding your equal or finding a partner that even strengthens you, um, Mir's heard me say a million times, iron sharpens iron. And so having met people who you think are equally amazing, but then getting into situations where you become comfortable with them, you think you're building something. Although they say that they don't want to be in relationship, you still continue to stay thinking that they will have this eye-opening moment and realize you're the one that they've been waiting for all along mm -hmm. and that you can convince them to be in relationship with you after you have heard them explicitly say no thank you oh now it, she get real it specific turns, it turns into a, it turns into a situationship well so, yeah i mean I, I guess going into the psychology of it too sorry didn't, it, it was no, go ahead. That. Go ahead. i was just gonna say so when i was from 18 to 23 I was in an off and on relationship. I was out at school with somebody who I would later understand, didn't at the time, but would later understand was severely emotionally and verbally abusive. Okay. Mm. And after I got out of that, my mother, without knowing the ins and outs of that, I guess you could say trauma, was just kind of like, she didn't like him just off of just pedigree, but um, she was like, your 20s are for you and it's your time when you're not tethered to a man <laughs> or a child um, or you know those kind of responsibilities to really kind of make your mistakes and figure out who you are and I shortly after that moved to New York and I really took that to heart so by the time I turned 30 I was still like let me still explore this freedom yeah as now you don't get me wrong I was single doesn't mean lonely like I wasn't lonely and I also wasn't out here just like hoeing in these streets but I definitely had like a modelizer phase I'm like, you know, I was groomed and have always been around mostly boys, men and tomboys, women who were like me and in a lot of ways, except for the like random Charlottes of the crew. Um, but I kind of like would have these situations with people because a lot of people are drawn to me and it's rare when I'm drawn to people. Mm -hmm. But it took me a long time to admit to myself that I was only letting that draw go so far because of what I hadn't healed from the person who had hurt me. Mm. And, um, you know, like- we call from, these walls. Right. She's guarded. Um, and it's not even like a guarded in that, like I won't open up because I think I'm an open book. Like mm -hmm. most people who meet me or see me on a panel, like I, there's nothing really like precious or I'm not a private person. But I think the level of being vulnerable is something that I didn't realize until the last few years is really a thing. Well, I think you're misconstruing also the word wall as 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 being an open book. So being you can be an open book. You can be very blatant in your communication of how you feel, what you're thinking, like l allow people to know exactly where you're coming from and hey, this is me. The part where the wall exists is I'm going to allow myself to be emotionally attached to you in this revealing of who I am. You're very comfortable telling people who you are. Now, accepting people is a part of the vulnerability aspect that you just hit on and allowing people to accept you and allowing them in to a place where you are open and willing to love on them is the wall that I'm talking about. And so just yeah, because- but that's happened though, right? Cause but, you know, like one of my really long, long, long running situationships right. um, that doesn't involve anything physical, but emotionally and mentally, you know, there was even a moment very early in the beginning when I realized the connection that we had that I straight up asked him, I was like, listen, like I'm coming into my gifts. They scare the shit out of me. I know they're gonna scare the shit out of you. But before like we continue to get closer in the space, are you down for that? Yeah. Like, cause once I open up in that way, like I can't, there's no, are you ready for my I'm not gifts? a dimmer. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not a dimmer. I'm not an IV drip. I am like, Superman. it's a light switch <laughs> on or off. Like what led you to have that conversation with him? Because we were both kind of, we both have similar gifting and by gifting, I mean, you know, just things that are, are special about us and make us outliers. And, um, and we are very similar spiritual and, 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 background upbringing and what we believe in um in the spiritual realm and energy and how that works and so when I was kind of it was literally at like what is 
known as your ascension. I was turning 27, so I was coming into a lot of stuff that I was like, whoa. It's like if you were an X-Men and you decided, mm -hmm. you just figured out today that you can shoot fire out of your hands. Now you're going to play in the room. Like, with like, are you how ready do I for do my this? superpowers? What, right, like what mm -hmm. can it do? And he got it. He get, he sees me as, you know, vice versa. And it's funny because that same principle is the same thing that makes us so great and also like makes us so stubborn in our ways because we have been at different places of acceptance of that at different times. Um, and the times when it was best, even as, you know, late as last year, was when we were growing through the same things at the same time and we're each other's safe space. So, you know, I don't think that it it's nest like, I think you can't help emotional attachment when it is mm -hmm. real and honest and, you know, genuine. But I also think that when you're a person like me that has certain gifts that have to do with drawing people, filling them back up, being a light, it, it helps people to very easily shift from that to what I call musing me. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Like using me as a muse for what I bring out of them, but not necessarily pouring back into me. Say the word again. Musing me. And so, so, there's also, it also almost sounds like it, cause it rhymes with abusing. Um, right. So right. Cause that is an abuse. It's like a it substance abuse. A you're, you're addicted to the feeling and what it does to you. So you want to do whatever it is to use that, but you forget like I'm the a way that, that fucking you make person them within that. You know what I mean? Um, like here, I wish I could just loan you my wand. And I, but I think like, that because you do have the superpower that you don't, that, that once you decide, hey, you are worthy of um, entering these gates, I think that you make a decision to share your light. And although the person may not be in the place of willing to handle with care or ready to handle with care or capable of handling with care, they still take advantage because they still want the benefits package that comes with the relationship right. with you. And they don't want to do the work. Right. Because it's not like I'm this like super fragile, precious cargo that you just have to like look after. We should be looking after each other mm -hmm. and growing and understanding together and i've literally had men tell me before i'm not ready to do the work yet like and i also don't want to fuck it up because you are end game when, so i'm like what am i supposed to i, I used to call it that. pocket like am i just supposed to sit here till y'all ready like be bored oh, jenny has a question for you go ahead jen in those situations um was that something like would you would you now be able to say okay there were signs and and that i could tell that that person wasn't ready for for what I'm able to bring. To no, because the, the, the messed up part about musing is that they'll do just enough to where mm. you feel like you're going to that pay, place. But then when something happens that you're like, wait, are we in this place or we're not? And then they cop out. So, Jenny, when people come into your office or, you know, when friends take advantage of your services. <laughs> um, <laughs> Quite often. And they tell you, hey, I have feelings for this person. He has feelings for me back, or at least he is expressing that verbally and through action, but does not want to be in relationship with me in a commitment. What is your advice that you give to them in that moment when they come in after either maybe even months of still staying after the person tells them this, or now having to like pick up the pieces after investing three to four years in someone who didn't commit? I mean, what's the first thing that you ask them to make them do some self-reflection? Well, it's definitely not a one-size-fit-all type of thing because there are certain people who I think are, their personalities and like some of their character traits uh, allow them to operate in those conditions for a longer period of time um, because it's something that they can handle. And there are certain people who, you know, I know can't handle that because they're getting a, or a sense of worth from these relationships versus other people maybe getting entertainment or fun or whatever. Um, so I would say one of the questions is like how, like when you're away from this person, how do you feel? Like, how do you feel about yourself? How do you feel about them? What What is like, is there a, a element of fear involved in like when you're reaching out to them? Like what, like just really trying to explore what their that attachment to them is about. Because if it is about self-worth, then we are gonna have to do a lot of work um, in regards to their self-esteem and their ideas about relationship. But if it is about like a phase, entertainment, or figuring out what it is they, they like, you know, they're they're dating, they're trying to understand themselves more in the context of a relationship, like, you know, that would be something that we would explore in a different way. Well, it definitely ain't the self-esteem. <laughs> oh. oh, for 
you. Me <laughs> not at me. Are you, Mira, are you trying to say your self-esteem is on a hundred? I mean, <laughs> I ain't trying to say I'm the shit, but <laughs> yes, I definitely was not referring to you in that context. <laughs> no, but I've done that though. Like we talked about it a little bit. There's a guy who first guy in a long time I've been drawn to. And over the past like year and a half, it's been very um, organic and not forced in how we started hanging out with each other and getting to know each other. And so one day we were at lunch and I was just kind of like, he checked me in a way that I respected. Cause I was like, man, like it took so long to get to this lunch. Like you're always hanging out with everybody else but me, blah, blah, blah. I was like, what is like your guard? Like, why do you, like we hit it, when we started hanging out, like we hit it off so strongly, like what? And he was like, cause every time I do like make space for you or make time for you, like you bring up how much I don't. Mm. And I was like, ooh. And he was like, if you allow me to continue to open up and that's not always a conversation, it would happen. So I did and I, I fell back and I let him, you know, move things at his own pace. And so, you know, as busy as he is and as much responsibility that he has, you know, to be young and kind of like taking care of his family, not like he has like kids and stuff like that, but like his family family, mm-hmm. um, I would acknowledge and appreciate him carving that space continually, even if he was like dog tired, right? But then there was this moment where I was like, what, like, am I not your type? Like, what, what's taking so long? Like, what? And he was like, he was like, no. But I, but it was in a way that like, cause we have this dynamic too, where he's like, I'm doing you on you, which is why he was able to get to that place to kind of like quietly check me, right? So even when he said it to Mari's chagrin, I, you know, didn't all the way believe him, but I was like, okay, whatever. And it became like a running joke. So fast forward to um, a couple months later, I had gotten to seeing him in front of some mutual friends for the first time. And he was completely different. Like not in a bad way, but just like, it was like a social way. And it's like when he's with me, he's very, you know, soft and like vulnerable. He doesn't even use the same voice. Like it's a softer voice. Like, you know how women change Mm -hmm. their voice for their boo or whatever. And so I was like, whoa, like you don't even talk to me the same. And he was like, what nigga, you want me to talk to you? Like I talked to them and I was like, oh, okay, I'm gonna shut up. But you know what I mean? And then, um, so fast forward a couple weeks after that, I would just keep like he's very much in a place of establishing himself and what he's doing. And fucking social media is a devil and a curse because I would see him, you know, with other people in the industry that I might not so much like. Right. And so I even there was a moment where I was petty patty and I was like, listen, I had to unfollow you because you keep posting this bitch I don't like. And you had about one more time before I was just not going to fuck with you as a human. And he was like, well, first, thanks for sharing. And he was like, second of all, you know that there's a difference between what I have to do for work and establishing myself versus who I actually open up to and who's my friend. And then third, he's like, you got about, he's like, take your moment, but you got one more time to do some childish shit like that or I'm not going to fuck with you. And I was like, granted, because men don't have to explain themselves. So for him to be that concise, I appreciated that as well. A couple weeks after that, I was getting girly in my head again and was like, I don't get it. We have this huge draw. I get it if you don't want to be romantic, but God is telling me like there is, which is true. Like there's some reason we have the connection that we have in the manner that we have in a time like now, like we're supposed to achieve some shit together. And I really want to get down to the bottom of what that is, but it feels like you keep putting up walls. Mm -hmm. And he was like, I'm in the studio right now. We're going to, this isn't a, you know, text conversation to me. So I'll like, let's get together. The get together has been pushed and pushed and pushed. He's always on a plane. I was like, well, and finally the other day I was like, can we just talk like FaceTime, just talk. And it's very hard. And I feel like he, he's such a deep feeler, right? He feels like he needs the parameters of that. Mari's like, girl, he done told you, he don't want you. But like, I'm taking all notes and about to bust you out on like 50 million things. Audience members, please take notes with me as you listen. So all the things that you guys do when it comes to what the story entails. He always makes space for me. Always picks up my phone call unless it's like, you know. And that's something that you've been looking for. Like, it sounds like you, you're looking for like signs of connection, like that he's on the same wavelength that it's you just are. not the right time mm. okay so you you guys heard tits and like bits and pieces of mir's experience with this person right you, of course you're not going to hear the entire story and understand everything but what i want to do is unpack some of the things that six points that i just heard that she did right now in 
relation to this experience, this situationship. And for those of you who are just tuning in, this episode is about how to go from situationship to relationship, right? Because situation is still a form of relationship. I'm gonna give you the definition of it. If you don't know, you're still trying to figure out what a situationship is. You may be in one and not even know. <laughs> but a situationship as a relationship that has no label on it, all right? That's the same exact thing. It's a relationship, but with no label on it, you're behaving with someone as if you would a committed relationship, but without the title, without the label, without the commitment. You may even be only seeing them, but the person will not give you the title. So it's like a friendship benefits package with sex involved. Okay, you care but about we're not this having person. Sex too. That's the other okay, added. so great disclaimer. Mir's not having sex with this particular situation. <laughs> Has she had sex with situations in the past? Yes or no? Those don't usually have emotions. Okay, so <laughs> anywho, <laughs> as you can see, there's very various, you know, uh, rules to the engagement. However, what we have experienced mostly as situationships is getting in um, uh, what feels like a relationship with someone that doesn't want to put a title on it. Or maybe you're the person who doesn't want to put a title on it. Regardless of the lack of commitment, it now is a relationship, but there's an element or a void that is missing that usually comes to kick us in our ass when we behave in a manner that we care for someone, that we have deep feelings for someone, we start to act upon it, we start to provide our time, our energy, it steals a lot of our mental capacity, we start to do and perform behaviors, and now sex is involved, which means there's a high rise of oxytocin going all over the place, and we feel emotionally and physically bonded to this person now, but no commitment is involved, and a future cannot begin because we do not feel safe and secure without the commitment to be able to, I don't know, invest everything and start a family and begin working on a future with the person. So, situationship. What Mir just did right now, she provided her reasons why she liked this person, right? She named several th things about it being organic, the connection. She spoke to the strength in him being able to put her in her place, bringing things to her attention that she wasn't even aware of. The other thing is she complained about his communication and the things that he wasn't giving her. But then she flipped and turned around with the things that he does provide that she likes. And then next she gave excuses for why he can't give her the things that she has said that she wants. Then she rationalizes it with a, well, it's just not the right time. But nothing about these six things that I just said to you have allowed her to process the fact or even just accept this person doesn't want me, therefore I don't want someone who doesn't want me. The reason why I have to say that last part, I don't want someone who doesn't want me, is because she still wants this person. Deep in her heart, if he were to say right now, you know what, the world has changed, I want you, I'm gonna be this man who you have asked for, she would probably accept him. Which means that the I don't want you part. Okay, but can I interject? Go ahead, interject. So I think, and I know she's not going to believe this about me, <laughs> but I also think that, like, I don't believe that you have one soulmate. I agree with that, actually. I believe you I have, think we can different have multiple soulmates <laughs> for different things. Yep. So I don't, my worth and my fulfillment isn't necessarily attached to being received and wanted so much as this is a dope human being. Yeah that I do love, I'm not necessarily in love with. Um, actually, no, I'm not in love with them, but I was curious, could I fall? Mm -hmm. um, but regardless, I know they're supposed to be in my life. I, and I also know, and don't, I know the difference between when I'm like holding on to something that, I, that wants to walk out of my life mm -hmm. and when it doesn't. Um, so in that regard, it's not so simple as like, oh, if he turned around and wanted me, I would be like, oh my God, fall, fall in. But I would definitely, I'm you, always willing. You can consider it. I was about to say, I'm always down <laughs> to try it's it. It's going to be a conversation. Right? <laughs> I'm always down to try it. But to the same point, I'm still friends with all of my exes, except for the one, because it never ended. I don't have like unhealthy ends. You know what I oh, mean? Oh no, there's, like, that's I don't have, fine. Like I, I have never dated somebody that I wasn't friends with first. Mm -hmm. And in terms of that, and like, like I, I appreciate this person in my inner circle. So that's why I, it's to me, at least I reconcile it as not making excuses so much as having grace. Cause I feel like we're still very much getting to know one another past that connection and what it is. So like, you never just like, like 
even with women, yeah, I'll hit it you, off sometime and be like, damn, where have you been all my life? Yes. You know what I mean? Like, it's the best. You know what I mean? Like, it's like a soul tie almost. But like, if I tell you, Mir, I want us to hang out. I want you to help me move my furniture. I want you to um, come to this party with me. Um, can I borrow your outfit? Can I, can, we, can, you, get my, can you do my hair and my makeup before we go out? Um, and I want to introduce you to my other friends. But Mir, I'm not going to call you my friend. You're just an associate to me. Um, but oh, can I borrow some money too? Um, <laughs> also, um, my mom needs dinner. Can you go grab her some dinner on the way home? Yeah, like, see, that's the thing is like, he's so dope and so generous. And why I give him more grace is like, he never asked me for nothing. Okay. And then despite like- the You're missing my point. This isn't about oh, okay. him. You would not do those things for me if I didn't give you the title of friendship because that would be a friend to you. Like being there for, Actually, when I'm crying. If, I'm, if I was in the street talking about you're not my friend, I don't, Mary's not my friend. I'm not claiming her. She is not my friend. But yet you're still there nurturing my spirit and building me. But I will tell people that I you are not that, my friend. I think friend. this situation is not a good example for, right, for situationships. Yeah. yeah I, I feel like let's take the context. Let's like use another. Okay. Um, is there another situation? Because it's not that far. Like he's not out in the streets. Like I'm not this. But it's like, like we know we're friends. We just don't know what type of friends we are. Oh. From the videos? What video? Like he's on the viral meme videos where he said like Charlie bit my finger or something. Like he does funny stuff. Oh, is that him? He's one of they them. Is that the little boy? He does. Sorry, it's totally sidebar. Oh. We have a window in front of <laughs> us and like. Okay, anyway, so sorry. we're not gonna unpack this particular situation. What I'm trying to get to, because even with her not having the sex involved or whatever, that did, there is this element of safety. But Amir, don't think that we're like trying to defamate this man's character or anything like that. Yeah, no. What? I'm trying to get you guys, and what I really want to get from this episode is for you guys to understand that they, that when you have when you are interested in someone and you like them, like when you like them more than just friendship, or you want to dabble with the idea of more than just friendship, there's an element of playing with fire yeah. and accepting the circumstance of what this person is willing to give you versus what you really want and you feel you deserve. That's fair. So, Jennifer, have you ever been in a situation ship that we can use as an example? <laughs> Um, yes, I have. Okay. Like me, there, and there actually were some elements that I think were similar to what um, you describe in your situation in that there's definitely, for people, I think that's another thing we're similar, like the people who we don't really like a lot of people. So when you do like someone, it's like, um, it, it just feels in, more intense and it's like a rare connection. And so you maybe invest a little bit more in it than what the situation is in reality deserving of. So emotionally, you're investing more emotionally. You project, you know, thoughts of what it could be. Um, and I'm like, I'm still a professional, so I'm not gonna give too much detail. Okay, you don't have to go into too but much detail. You can ask me questions. Great, because yes, Jennifer still has like clients that and she still has pearls <laughs> on her sleeves. Yeah. Be clear. I'm I so understand. This is I'm a very. So this is a yeah. tough conversation. A woman never tells. Because it requires some level of vulnerability. But Jen, you can speak to the fact that um, in in that experience and having heard like. Mir and you know maybe there's other experiences that Mir has had that um, are probably even more similar. Having been in those situations where you did not get the result that you wanted, what would you have told your younger self, and would you have protected your younger self, knowing what you know now and the outcome that you got? Um. Yeah. Okay. So my younger self, I definitely just would have encouraged her to be more honest about my appraisal of. Um, the interactions. So I think that there, when you have situationship, there's this element of like creating a fairy tale on like what could be you're operating in like the potential of the two of you on paper versus the reality of the interaction of, of you guys in this current stage of life and the amount of time, the quality time and the fulfillment that you're actually getting. You're thinking about this future fulfillment mm -hmm. of what it could be. And so I would tell her, you know, to operate in the reality of what's happening. Do, okay, if, if I feel the need to like, to, to analyze every interaction, like as proof that he feels the same way mm -hmm. that I do, then that's a, a sign that, you know, that there, that there's an insecurity there. Like I'm looking for evidence of, of the depth of his feeling, because I know that mine is maybe a little bit too, it's unwarranted for me to feel this way at this current 
um, stage of interactions between the two of us. So if I'm like, okay, he responded quickly to this message or, oh, he, the, his text, you know, was extended. It wasn't short. Like why, you know, if, if I was confident in that he was at the same place that I'm at, then those things, I wouldn't be quantifying things in that manner. So I feel like I would, yeah. Just what, what's the damage involved when some, when you're operating from a place of someone not being at the same place that you're at? What is the risk with that? Well, again, I feel like it's different for everyone. But if you are, for me, I'll say at that time, um, I think the the damage is the potential for me to shut down and, and close myself off to future situations because I don't want to be hurt or put myself out there in this way again. And so I think um, allowing this person to impact uh, how you feel about yourself and wondering, like, why are you not choosing me? I think that's the thing that I kept hearing is like, you see the... You, you see that we you're connected with someone. You can tell there's like a palpable, you know, chemistry. And so because that, because I can look at us both on paper and see that we would be a great um, uh, partnership, we would complement each other well in social circles, we could do all these things. Like I, because I see that and then you're still not choosing me, that could impact how I view myself. It makes me question whether or not maybe, you know, this appraisal that I've given myself is not accurate. Maybe there's someone else that, you know, that he sees or there's something else that he's looking for. So I think that the impact on your image and the impact on the choices that how you move in future situations um, are at risk. Okay, I'm taking notes because I'm gonna like reiterate all this to you guys uh, in just a second. For those just tuning in or maybe you missed a certain point or whatever, I know a lot of you guys um, listen to this in the car, on the way home, on the way to the gym, whatever. Okay, Jennifer just gave amazing points. Mir gave amazing points too, as far as to, you know, what the benefit or why, you know, she allows herself in situations. Jennifer has had similar situations. What I wanna leave you guys with and give you guys the most important element of anyone who finds themselves in a relationship with someone who doesn't want to commit. If you are in two different places with someone and you even are beginning to embark, or maybe you're already in the situation ship, what I would advise to you is to do a SWOT analysis, right? Do a SWOT analysis on self and then do a SWOT analysis on the situation. And if you don't know what a SWOT is, it is a analysis on your strengths, your weaknesses, your opportunities and threats. I know it's very like business technical and you're like, wait, I don't really have the time to do that. But no, take the time and do that because what you're going to embark on in this journey, in this relationship, you need to really see where you're at. Where, how do you function from a place of your strengths in past experiences or when you get into relationship with someone? What are the weaknesses? What are the opportunities that you permit into your life to happen when you're in this place of relationship? And what are some of the threats that you've also realized have happened when you don't get your way? Then do that for the person that you are considering this situationship with or someone who you currently like that has already told you, I don't want to be in a relationship and do that on the situation. What are the things that you guys have that are strong? What are the weaknesses? Sometimes you're acting out. Sometimes you're going on their Instagram and going through their comment section. You start obsessing over like who the they're posting. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what are the opportunities to grow from this? Is it something where you can change your behavior and do it differently than you did in the past so you don't make the same mistakes and let this person have insight into the fact that you got a little crazy tendencies, which I kind of sometimes agree you should show a little bit just to put a little fear in their heart oh, be so clear. they don't fuck up. They like um, crazy. Yeah. <laughs> they just got to find the crazy they yeah, like. Yeah, they got to find the crazy. I'm here for that because I know I got some crazy in me. We Latina, um, <laughs> we born with it. Maybe it's Maybelline. No. But what, <laughs> and then it says in this circumstance with this person that you're with, what are the potential threats? If I am not chosen because this person has expressed to me, they're not really out here for a relationship. They're still finding themselves. It's not the right time. What are the threats of me sticking around? Do I have a pattern and a tendency in past circumstances like this to overgive, to be taken advantage of, to lose lack of time, lack of sleep, lack of eat. If those are things that you, yeah, lack of eat. Okay, first, <laughs> let's be clear though. I think there's also some, cause I, I always have a problem when like people generalize with women tend to, or this, that, and the third. I think I've never lost sleep over this fool. I've never not eaten over this fool. Like it's never but that there deep. Are, this is for but, everybody though. There's women right, who no, do. Definitely, but I'm I'm just one saying, of them. I have not eaten. When I didn't get somebody who I wanted to sink my teeth into, I, I wasn't eating for a few days. Ooh. Like there, this is, these are common symptoms. Um, even depression, they, it gets even more like 
psychological and clinical, but like people can fall into deep depression, experience real anxiety. So that's what I was going to bring up. Another thing that we have in common is we've both gone through losing people very close to us that mm-hmm. sent us into a darkness. And this so she admittedly is very much healing from that as well. And I also am not like, I think that's why my situationships are different because I've never been the girl to be like, so when am I going to be your girlfriend? Yeah. Like the and only boyfriends I've run. had literally sat me down on some like how Jada and Will tell that story. Like we go together now. Like, and I still am kind of that way, which is why it's rare when I'm drawn to somebody, you know, I kind of wonder to that extent, like, would they be the one to really make me want to like give up my freedom that I love? You know what I mean? Or, and how would they do that? Cause I don't know. So I don't make moves or, or share my feelings in a way of like looking for an end result so much as like, is it okay to fully be mere? around you. which is very important by being self yeah yeah that is extremely important um but once again you have a, like this clear idea of like who you are which is one of the things that i advise you in doing not just this swat on yourself but also swat on the circumstance ladies um and gentlemen who may be experiencing with this with the woman who won't commit too, fellas women also will not commit and give you the label and keep you in a situationship for five years and have you like doing all kinds, paying their rent, moving to other cities, like doing all kinds of crazy things, taking care of their kids, whatever, doing all kinds of crazy things for them and not wanting to give you the commitment. Jennifer, why are you laughing over here? I'm just throwing out examples, okay? <laughs> if it ain't you that's listening, you have a friend who's in a situationship with someone who will not commit. So not specifically making this about me, but making this general in people who, with people who are, I don't want to say always the bridesmaid, never the bride, but there's we find ourselves in these situations where we are in relationship with people who will not give us commitment. If commitment, ladies and fellas, is one of your values, if this is something that is one of your core values, and I encourage you to explore what are your core values when dating someone so that you can see if you guys are on the same page. If one of your core values is commitment and loyalty, you need to ask that person and communicate to that person and let them know, this is one of my values. Is it one of yours? When do you apply that value? Because I hate to get emotionally involved and invested in you and I see that we have this amazing connection, you know, later on to be hurt. Even if you don't express that verbally, be mindful of the fact that this person has told you their core values and maybe commitment is not one of them. And so then you need to pull back a little bit. You need to put yourself back in perspective of, hey, maybe not invest so much time in this person and find someone who really wants a commitment or wants to be with me. And if you do ask them, you know, what their stand on is commitment and they kind of know that you're alluding it to being, oh, I think she's trying to, you know, itch around the fact that she wants to be in relationship with me. If that makes him nervous or makes him insecure about what you guys have going on, process that and figure out if it's worth losing yourself in this situationship and investing more time in someone where you're not gonna win, when you're not gonna get all of your needs met. And commitment is a huge need, just for comfort, for safety, for security, it is a huge need. And if it's not your need, great, continue on. If it is one of your needs, really absorb that and take that in and figure out how you're going to now behave in response to that. Um, Jennifer. Yes. When people come in and they're like, oh, I'm in this situationship or I'm with this person who won't commit, do you tell them to ask for the commitment or do you tell them like, no, honey, leave the situation? Again, it's not a one size fit all. But I do think I would ask them, you know, I would just explore with them their level of satisfaction and fulfillment in the current situation. So if they are, if they're not, um, if the, if they're not in a place where they're getting a sense of whatever enjoyment, a sense of um, companionship, whatever it is they're looking for in this relationship, if they're not getting it, then that's the issue. It's I think and that's the problem with situationship is like once one person is not fulfilled, like one person is not getting their needs met. And I think I would focus more on what that need is and allowing them to to recognize that they're deserving of getting that need met. I think that's the thing. It's like sometimes people, because situationships can be the norm, people feel like, oh, I can accept this or this is better than nothing. And it's like, no, like you deserve to be happy. You deserve to feel seen and heard and and valued by a person who you're spending time with. And that is kind of like where the work then goes and getting them to realize that they 
are deserving of more. How long can, what is, is there a timetable? And Mir, you can chime in on this. Is there a timetable that you feel like is a threshold of endurance? Like within a year, if this person doesn't commit within six months or say like, you know what, mm, no. time has changed. I'm ready to be with you. Is there a timestamp that you ladies feel like you should have a mental timestamp or give them a timestamp or wait out a certain period? I mean, again, I feel like I'm the wrong person because, like, I've never been a woman that's like, oh, my God, I have to get married. Like, now that I have to, like, think about it and, like, kids and stuff, I'm kind of... I've really been having, like, a lot of honest conversations with my mom and stuff, like... And Amanda Seals did this great podcast about it. Like, I am I just might not be that. Mm-hmm. I might be on my Oprah shit. I might be on my Goldie Hawn, like, cool, I found my partner, but we just living Because, like, I think, especially for the time, I mean, now, yeah, I'm 34, but, like, I'm also, like, starting to go. You know what I mean? What's making you feel like it may not be for you? What's making you feel like... um, I'm just not drawn to it. It may not be in the cards. Like, when I'm with my girlfriends, and they're all talking about it, and the ones that get married, and I just hear their conversations, it's literally like being a foreign alien. I'd be like, (laughs) my mind don't even think Mm -hmm. in this way. You know what I mean? Or, like, how they, like worry about it or to your point will like be putting up with stuff from people just for the security of it like especially when I hear women talk about like I have this one friend who's a few years older than me but she won't show nobody her ID and (laughs) she started having (laughs) to to think of freezing her eggs and and tried to put us in the same basket and she was Uh, like because you know we're over 30 now and I was like honey I have a really great relationship with my OBGYN she already knows (laughs) when to tell me it's scary time and everybody's like physical factors Matt like how I live my life and how I keep my body up are very very different than yours on top of the age and the statistics but even when she would be talking about like having having a baby started to sound like this goal as if you know oh i want to be svp or i want to sell a million records or whatever as opposed to being specific to the person she wanted to join a union in you know what i mean like and even when he started to mess up it was this like it was still about the engagement and the getting married and then now you're pregnant but you still haven't worked out y'all shit together so what kind of like world are you bringing that baby into like i'm never going to do anything just because i'm supposed to i'm just not built Mm -hmm. that way So like, and I've gotten into trouble sometimes because, you know, when I hear women be like, oh my God, my kid is the best thing I've ever done. (laughs) It's my best friend. Like my biggest accomplishment is my child. Now don't get me wrong. Good for you. But in the way my mind is set up and then it gets really tricky because of trans women and blah, 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 and what it means to be a woman and some women can't do it. In my mind, I'm like, that's something we could all do. We got vaginas, like, you. we got wombs. Like, that's not going to be my greatest accomplishment. You know what I mean? I want them to be like, your mom was dope. Like, and, and so your idea I, but then of again, I say that because I'm not mm-hmm. that woman. And I know a lot of women would hear that and be like, oh, my God, she's such a bitch. She's, like, such an anti. But, like, that's how I reconciled it in my mind, you know? And so I don't look to people as in my life or that I encounter in any form to be filling a checkbox. Mm-hmm. I'm more into like, what is my experience with this person? And is it adding value to the bottom line of the purpose that I know about? I don't know much, but I know I'm supposed to fulfill in this lifetime. So what about those moments when the person who you want has admitted, hey, you're not quite for me. It's not the right time. What is the emotional impact or how have your actions or behavior been affected by that that have not allowed you to operate at your best? I've let them live. Like, it's not easy, you know, at first, but I've also grown a lot through those situations. Cause like going back to the one that I mentioned before, that's been going on for what, like eight years now, but we had sex once in the first two weeks and never did again and created this incredibly beautiful friendship that even though like it's not in the best of places right now, it's also not, it's not dead, Mm -hmm. you know? And what we've done in each other's lives is invaluable to who I am now. Like I wouldn't trade it. You know, so I, I don't know, like I might have been the actual like worst test case for this situation <laughs> because I think I just kind of am this weird well, I anomaly I over here. I think it's great to allow people to hear you because I think that there's a lot pieces of, of it. There's a lot of pieces that you're saying that I think in 
a couple years, you're going to hear back and be like, wow, interesting. I thought like that. Um, And even now you do that now, having listened to previous stuff, I I do want you guys to understand um, and and go back to is some things that Jennifer had mentioned when it comes to you overanalyzing the depth of their feelings, um, the potential of what the relationship could be in future situations and focusing on that, um, seeing a connection, but also not getting the acceptance that you need, how it impacts the image um, and future situations um, are affecting you. And also if you aren't getting the fulfillment in this situationship, then what I think that you need to, and I encourage you to do is discover through the SWOT analysis, discover you know your who you are, your worth, and what you have to offer. I think you need to communicate that through your through verbal and actions. I also think that in that unveiling process, if you do not receive what you need, you need to retreat. And I'm going to tell you guys that right now. I hear what Mira is saying, but I'm telling y'all is you need to let that person go because if any way or shape or form you're not getting your needs met, you need to say peace out. Somebody else out there is going to appreciate all this amazingness that I have to offer. And you're just not going to distract me from finding that person. So that is what I have for you. Before we wrap up the show, I always do date or dash. Jenny, you're going to ask, answer two of these. Mir, you're going to answer two of these, okay? okay. Would you date or dash Mir? And date or dash is you going on the date with or not going is the dash. Okay. I thought, like, I thought she meant myself and I was like, yeah. <laughs> Is there another mirror? No, your oh. future self, seeing who you are in 10 years, or your future husband. Which one are you dating? Which one are you dashing? You have to give, you have to go with one, give one up. Wait, what? You get to go on a date with your future self. Are you choosing to go on a date with your future self in 10 years, or you get to go on a date with your future husband? Who do you want to meet? <laughs> My future self. <laughs> okay, so, okay, that's this is the first person who is, Demir wants to see who she is in 10 years. So she's dashing her future husband. She's going on a date with Because if I know her, self. I know he's going to be a beast. Like. <laughs> Oh, I like that perspective. Okay. <laughs> I'm just curious. Yeah. Okay. Are you dating or dashing, um, Jennifer? Uh, you get to date or dash an extraterrestrial. Are you going on a date with the extraterrestrial or are you not here for that? Definitely here for the for E.T. I wanna you want to go on a date with E.T.? Yes. I or haven't you questions. seen that movie, Earth Girls Are Cool, or whatever, with Jeff Goldblum? Oh, Earth, Earth Girls... Or are better, or easy, yeah. Earth, Earth girls, girls are easy. I, I remember that. I was like, I'll date Jeff Goldblum for sure. <laughs> okay, Jenny, for a million dollars, you have to go on a date with two of your exes. You have to invite both of them at to the, the date time? at the same time. The terrible train. Are you doing it for a million dollars? Yes. So, so you're easy. going on that like, date. Also like me, so we have fun. <laughs> <laughs> <Hair flip. laughs> Okay, Mir, you have an opportunity to go um, on a date with your boss. Are you dating or dashing? Oh, I'm my boss, so isn't that the same? Their ex-boss. Oh. The person who used to employ you, are you going on a date with them? Dating or dashing? Dash, I've never had a fine boss. It's not a romantic date. It is just you going on a date. You have a, you have an option of a million dollars. Oh, it's for a million? Yes, oh, for a million. Oh, I'm going on the date. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> like, she left that far off. Right. I was like, wait, wait. Okay, okay Mir, tell everybody where they can find you. You can find me at Mir Mir, M-E-R-E-M-I-R on all socials, or just Google M-I-R. I'm not hard to find. Okay. Google me, bitch. Where can, no, fellas, if you heard Mir and you want to take a, um, a, ho- a holler at her, where can they find you in the streets, Mir? Where you be at? Well, I mean, if you follow me on Instagram, you might catch a story and be like, oh, she down the street. And I'm going to be like, hey, boo. Okay, let her know you heard her on this podcast. Jennifer, Jennifer Arsenault, yes. where can people find you at if they want to, like, employ your services? JenniferLaurenCounseling.com is the best place. And what about your social? Uh, eh. She's not on social like that. Okay. <laughs> you guys can always play with my Twitter or stroke my IG at Spicy Mari, S-P-I-C-Y-M-A-R-I, or The Spicy Life. You guys also make sure that you go to thespicylife.com and make sure you get your tickets for March Matchness. Actually, Mira's going to be one of the team captains, one of the Woo! match captains Come in March to Matchness. Row. It is a battle of the sexes. It is a pop culture trivia game night, which you already see she kills at pop culture. Um, Jennifer will be there as well. Uh, and I'm hella competitive. Somebody's going down. Any psychology that you guys need behind it. Um, but meet these two women. In at March Madness. It's at the Continental Club downtown Los Angeles. Tickets are on sale right now on Eventbrite. And come show us who is smarter, who is wittier, who is more clever, women or men. March 29th, Battle of the Sexes. And there you guys have it. You have just been spiced. Ow! Yay!